You lying so low in the weeds. I bet you're gonna ambush me. You have me down, down, down on my knees. Now, wouldn't you, Barracuda? Very good, Tim. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode 294 of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Two years stroke-free. Congratulations, Timmy. This is Matt in beautiful, sunny spring minute. Wait, checks notes. Let me see. Snowing. Snowing Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Boston. You guys, I want to thank you for being on time to this uh, Zoom meeting. I know it's uh, challenging times for us all working from home now and not being in the studio together. Um, Somebody's mic was uh, not on mute, though. If you guys could go ahead and mute, we'll get this meeting started. (laughs) And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I appreciate the uh, creativity with the Zoom backgrounds there. But uh, if we could just set those all back to normal, it's a little distracting. I'm stuck as a potato. Uh, Well, (laughs) anyway, um, first on the agenda... Let's get back to me. Two years <laughs> since I've had a stroke. That okay. means we're almost around for our 300th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Stoked. Woo. Thanks for sticking along with me, guys, during all that trials and tribulations of the time. Mm-hmm. There's so much oh. to discuss this week. Spencer, as you said, we have a ch- rock chalk Jayhawk full agenda, including the final episode of the epic three-part Emmy-nominated Radio play pedal off dead. Mm-hmm. We're going to discuss a little bit about Paris Roubaix. We have some great listener email and participation online, and mm-hmm. we are going to do our best to spend twelve hundred dollars of coronavirus stimulus money in the most responsible way that only the Slow Ride Podcast can. And you know, guys, I think we should just start a little bit more about me. I did my first ever Zwift race. Really? Two days ago. Yeah. How'd you do? Well, you are, uh, you are in the depths of <laughs> quarantine, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So I set up my trainer outside. First step. Uh-huh. Um, like a pro. Like yeah. a pro. That's what pros do. On the patio. Uh, I had it plugged into my, my widescreen TV that I that I put up outside. Actually, little guy, remember when I called you to like, how do I drill um, bolts into a a wall that was a lot of fun so i'm very handy mm-hmm. around the house during this time yep. and i uh i entered the d category because apparently that is like one watts per kilogram to two watts per kilogram yeah wait they have categories oh yeah yeah they have categories and then by the end of it i was reading 3.1 watts per kilogram so oh, i was like bagger. i was exactly where i should have been in the Zwift world i felt like yes. i was a cat five um yes. This was an important question. I was going to ask you straight off what category you entered and uh, and what your watts uh, per kilogram were. So B 
being it's at three point one, so yeah. I should be in the C category theoretically. I got yeah. fifth out of ninety, so you know I was definitely in the wrong category. Well, certainly, um, certainly, because all those guys are <laughs> the, also in the wrong category. <laughs> there was a guy very close to me, but then the three people in front of me beat me by like a minute and a half. Yeah, um, I did the London course, which. Anybody that's been in the Zwift world knows that there's a climb outside of London called Box Hill. And let me tell you something. It is not that easy to get to Box Hill from London because there was like no traffic on the road. And before you knew it, you're out in the country where there's trees. And having been to London, I know there's not very many trees. They've all been cut down. So, But um, yeah, I did that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, got a couple thumbs ups from people. Um, I had two power up boosts. Now, little guy, I know you're not in the Zwift world. Spencer, you know about Mm. this. You can get boosts when you cross like a KOM or a sprint. I got a burrito, which means Mm. no one can draft you. And so you Mm. press the space bar and then people can't draft behind you. And then I got an arrow helmet, which means that you're extra arrow, which is apparently the best because I watched a Derek, I watched a uh, Kevin Bouchard Hall uh, video about how to use Zwift and race because he's like an all-star, like a top 10 ranked Zwift right. racer. Yeah. And I'm sure he won't be offended at all that you almost called him Derek uh, in this segment. I'll edit that out for you, so don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I'm sure you will. I oh. learned a good uh, tip from uh, Kevin in that you must be sprinting at full speed when the start happens because <laughs> instantly people are at like 400 watts. Yeah. So until like it a, settles down and you get into like the draft. It's, it's like a, a normal guy. cat four crit then. It's a cat four crit. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you get a clock. So you get like a countdown, but you're sprinting as you're watching the countdown. Yeah. Cause they have you sort visually like in yeah. fake world on a trainer. Yeah. I know this sounds ridiculous. No. So this is like a flying, it's like a flying 200. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. And, and then you can get into the draft and then it's actually so, kind of fun. Tim. Um, I'll do it again. Just one other quick question here. Um, mechanics wise for this game you know in the setup um about how many pounds under did you put your weight so this is a funny question i kid you not on wednesday of last week now i raced on friday Mm -hmm. on wednesday of last week i jumped i said i jumped on the scale Uh i was the lightest i have been in three years since before my oldest was born i weighed in at 174 pounds yeah Nice. It was early in the morning. I hadn't eaten anything. <laughs> I had done the business. I was like, oh, 174 pounds. I have a new Zwift weight now. Like, yeah. I saw it. I almost took a, tr- a picture of it yeah. just so I could prove it. 174 pounds. So I put my weight in as 174 pounds. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Did the race on Friday. Get off the, the bike. Go take a shower. And I'm like, eh, I should check my weight. There may have been a malfunction in my scale. <laughs> okay. Because then I weighed in at 177. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, and I was that's like, a normal fluctuation. And I was like, uh, you know, I'm going to stick with 174. I think it's realistic. Fair. Yeah. yeah um, boys, fair. you guys can see me. The listeners can't. But yeah, I'm yeah, looking you're cut. Looking good. I know. You're, looking, you're, you're yeah. cut. You're cut. It's weird you always show up with no shirt to these things. But yeah. It is weird. At least you got um, pants on this week. I do. But here's the thing is that I also have this great lighting apparatus behind my computer now. Mm-hmm. Because as, as Spencer and little guys, you both know, I've also have a new project that's part of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Side mm-hmm. plug here with the f- folks over at Cyclocross Radio: Bill, Shaikin, Mike, 
And then Zach, we're doing this whole thing called the rough draft on YouTube, little like six minute uh, cycling fandom recaps. So you should yeah. check it out. It's been a lot of fun. So that's why I look so good. News dump, news roundup, news dump. Roundup, news dump with an edge. Yeah. Visual. So lots of pro rider Instagram. So if you have tips, feel free to just email us and then we'll add them in there. But it's not your daddy's news dump. No. But definitely check out uh, uh, CX Hairs on uh, YouTube to see the uh, subscription for all the the videos. But we'll do. They've been good. Anyway. Guys, today, sad day, mostly because this would have been Paris-Roubaix Sunday. Little yeah. guy, you did check the weather. What did we find? What did we miss in the forest of Arenberg? Uh It looked like it was six, around 60 and partly partly cloudy. So it looked like a normal the same weather. thing it's been every year since <laughs> whenever George fell into the ditch. Since, so speaking of George falling into the ditch, I believe that was 2004. No. Because... No? 2002. Three. Two? Yeah. 2002? Okay. Yeah. Um, the only reason I'm bringing that up is a friend of the podcast in the Slow Ride Podcast official fan experience Super Zone on Facebook, Nathan Herman, busted out today his 2004 Paris-Roubaix winner's kit. Of course, Ooh. Magnus Backstead's Magnus. Alice, yeah. Alicia Wheels-Bianchi combination. Kind of an underrated nice kit. Way to do it. The, mm-hmm. My problem with this kit was always the Bianchi colors. Like it's a very hard color to put on a kit unless it's the main, like the only sponsor of the team. So yep, to include yeah. that in any way, so Nathan, great look. Appreciate the the shout out um, to Magnus. Now, do you remember uh, when we did a greatest kits of all time draft with Dan Craven, uh, professional cyclist, and he chose this kit as one of his yeah, top five of all time, and we all kind of said, huh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good it's a good kit. It's just the Bianchi colors just throw me out. It's kinda like when Lotto Jumbo, yellow Lotto was riding the Bianchis. Mm. Like it just didn't but that's match. sort of even when it doesn't work though, we all we always remember which teams Bianchi sponsored though, mm-hmm. because of that. So it, it the only when team it doesn't Bianchi, work, it still works. The only team Bianchi sponsored was Jan Lovrick's team in the two thousand three <laughs> tour yeah. when it mattered. When it mattered. Yeah. Like fifteen other teams through so, time. Yeah, a little bit nice weather. Um, little guy, I know mm. you've been watching past Paris Roubaix um, on on the yeah. Turbo Trainer. I'm sure you have a nice loud yeah. wind trainer. But let's before we get to that, who was your prediction? Who do you? Th- how do you think Paris Roubaix today would have routed? Who would oh, we be singing the I, praises of today? I would say I, Remco Evan Pol. You think Remco? I don't think I have Tease no Badu? way of knowing. We saw one. We saw one weekend of racing what was that six months ago yeah yeah i i gotta say guys after the dominant performance uh in be cool last weekend gva has to be (laughs) my shoe-in favorite for Mm -hmm. uh for doing the double um pair and flanders so you'd say (laughs) nicholas roach on the podium at rubay then too no, no, I don't. I think that was a flash in the pan. That was the fluke. Um, but yeah. I think it would have been rounded out uh, by so, Vanderpool, and uh, you know maybe one rando. Um, now, did we get a question last week, or is it on the 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 Twitter sphere? And I apologize for forgetting who came up with this idea. The question though was: Does GVA now count? 
this on his Palmares oh, yeah. for winning the Be Cool um, Tour of Flanders last week? Like, is that a like is that going to be on the pro cycling stats top top line page? Hmm. I don't know because, if it'll be on pro cycling stats, but I bet since there's no racing this year, he'll definitely me, bring yeah. that up as something he gave the sponsors when they're talking about basically terminating his contract so, and destroying that team. You yeah. know, so, I mean, let me take this to the next level. I mean, we the three of us are in agreement that there's probably no bike racing happening until what's maybe cyclocross season, like maybe. October, yeah. November. If we're lucky, yeah. If Maybe. we're lucky, they say they're going to do world championships in September, which um, that's a side. That's a side thing. We got to talk that's, about that. That's we'll BS. Go. If they do world championships in September, because poor um, yeah, uh, Mads, Mads not being able to wear the jersey, like, yeah, that's that, a shame. That's exactly what I was going to say. I feel like he should get to wear it next year with somebody even else. with there somebody else. World champion. There should be two world champions next Sh- year. Should his kit have blue on it, like the the old B world champion? Kit, remember no, that? I th- I just think he just gets to wear it. I think for for women, it, it's still just Van Vluten because she would have won it again anyway. So she just keeps wearing it, and that's not a it's, problem. It's total BS if Mads does not get to wear that in a race this year, um, or like a top level race. Yeah. Now, if there is this pushback, here's my question: If it gets later in the season and they're like September rolls around, they're gonna be like, oh, we got to run Milan San Remo, we got to run Tour of Flanders, we got to run all these races. Japan yeah. Cup's got to step up with its elbows sharpened and wide and say, no, this is mm. this is our day. Yeah. UCI. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, they did cancel the Olympics. So I kind of feel like they might not be welcoming in just, hordes of I, foreigners. I just, yeah. I mean, we just got to get over this, guys. It's going to be, I, I don't imagine any of these gravel races happening at the end of the year. No. It's going to be a lost season. So you're stuck with us. Yeah. That means virtual racing apparently is the new normal. Team Ineos. Did some kind of ride today, little guy. We'll get back to Paris Bay lame trainer riding. Let's well, get no, no. into let's get into what happened today on fake Paris Bay <laughs> on Zwift, which uh-huh. ended with a ten kilometer crime on Alp d'Huez. All I know is Eddie Dunbar what? got second. None of this makes any sense. I know. Mm. No, it doesn't make any sense. All right. I don't even want to talk about it because Ineos <laughs> is the dark order. I don't like. They're just the enemy team, little guy. What racing did you watch on your trainer? Okay, before I say that, what I was going to say, and I was going to say this weeks and weeks and weeks ago, uh-huh. I noticed a, 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 a sweet way to bet on the coming races after Hedvolk and Kern Brussels Kern and be guaranteed to win if you could figure out this this system. Okay. But we didn't <laughs> have any more races. This is a little guy system. This is a little guy system, and I was going to yeah. mention this back then, and I forgot on the week. Uh-huh. Um, so head, head Volk, uh, head nosebleed, whatever. First week, Jasper won, right? Mm-hmm. Then the next day, Casper won. Uh-huh. So that means uh, you just got to start going alphabetically with a name that sounds the same. The only problem is I couldn't find a rider that fit the bill. Uh-huh. So, so I think the system, the system so far is flawless. We have two, t- two examples but I can't find a rider. So we're looking for our Lasper, but we don't know what team yeah. he rides for. I don't believe there's any Laspers or anyone like with a nickname Lasper. But if there is, or if anybody named Lasper is doing really well in Zwift right now, uh-huh. I, if I was a pro team, I would sign them. Because <laughs> whenever they run the next classic, semi-classic of the year, that's your winner. Okay. It's, the system is unbroken. Okay. That's a point I was going to make two months ago. It, it, there you it, go. 
It's a good theory, and I mean, it does hold up to it the racing up, right? that has happened, but yeah, it's kind of a small sample size. I gotta, I gotta say, yeah, I agree. I it was a working theory, and I uh-huh. figured I was gonna keep, I was gonna be able to maybe uh, try it out in in like E three and and things yeah. like that, and Snuffleupagus or whatever. But you know, it didn't happen. I didn't get to do that. Um, <clears throat> the three days of Depania, if it had been three days, still would have been a really great proving ground for it. So we're only a couple away from a letter N. Uh, winning a race. Now, does Nasser Buhani count? Is that close? Yeah, I yes. mean, we might little have to start it. stretching the theory a little bit. <laughs> I'll help you out here, little guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the fr- I mean, the first two, it's pretty uncanny. Jasper Casper, come on. Yeah. That's, that's, that's weird. Well, uh, maybe you don't go with Lasper. Maybe you just go with the last name that starts with the L. Yeah, yeah, but we, we had the first two. I mean, the, the their first names are on. Un- <laughs> You're digging yourself into a corner that we can't no, get you out of. Little guy. Well, I know. I, I couldn't Swift get my. I couldn't cool. get myself out of it either. But I, I when I when I noticed it, I was like, you know, light bulb and jumping up so, and down, run into the bookies until I searched pro cycling stats and couldn't come up with anything. Can I, okay. um, little guy? Yeah. yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about your trainer experience. Okay. You've been watching some Paris Roubaix. All, all, all I can say is I watched. Uh, I watched the Heyman Roubaix. The 2016. Uh-huh. I watched uh-huh. the last like 35k. That's the greatest Perry Roubaix of all time. I know everybody wants like rain and stuff, uh, and we're all, all remembering. But that one it was just ah, the heartstrings, man. It's so good. You can I can watch that one a million times. It's so good. But then today I watched. I pulled up 2014, mm-hmm. and I legitimately could not remember who won. And that's. The great thing is, like, I feel like I remember and I retain a lot of this cycling knowledge, but I've been pulling up races on YouTube to ride the trainer now since I'm stuck at home, and I can't remember who wins these things. I think I do. I pull it up, and I look at it, and I'm like, no idea. Zero chance. And it's really fun to watch again because it's like all your favorite riders are there. Like, Thor was in the group for a while, and it was like, (laughs) sweet. I know he doesn't win, but, like, does he podium? He might podium. I don't know. Possible. Um Nikki Terpstra wins, in case you guys didn't remember. Huh. No, I and had no idea. It's a good, it's a great race. It's super, it's super great, but it's nothing like the, the, the Heyman. It's so good. So, I know we've so, talked so, about this so, so, before, so Paris Roubaix versus Flanders. And I think we've all been fairly universal that Paris Roubaix was the better one, right? Because oh, it was yeah. so, cause it's, it's so much more made for TV. You count down the cobbles, you know that the trench of Ehrenberg is coming, you know that Uncle Phil is going to make the comment about how it's not really a final sector before the the velodrome. You know, oh, for like yeah, yeah. twelve years, we've been hearing that it's only a ceremonial cobble yeah. section in the yeah. last hundred meters. Um, and then they like act like it's a track sprint. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. And you're like, why are they not using the banking? Um, yeah, I always okay. Find- uh, were you so you didn't remember how this race played out? So no. were you heartbroken all over again? When Sepp couldn't pull it off? Well, so that's the thing. As I'm watching him, that's kind of the fun thing is, I one, I know I know who's, I can kind of remember some, you know, like I, I know Snep's, Sepp's never won. Uh-huh. But as I'm looking at the lead group, Degenkolb's there. Yep. Uh, Terpstra's like clinging off the back. So for a while I was like, I guess he won a different year. <laughs> Boonin's there. I'm trying to remember the last one Boonin won. And then Cancelera's there. And I'm like, I don't remember how many Cancelera won. They keep talking about how he's a three-time champion. So I think this he's not going to win. But it's like, you got winners in the group, you know? Yep. 
Yep. And it, it, it's pretty easy to start mashing years in your brain. And oh, suddenly yeah. the lead suddenly the lead group forms and it's all guys who eventually win. Roubaix, you know? Yeah. Yep. Like basically other than Sep. And so I'm like, well, Sep, but Sep just split the group and he pulled three people who've won Roubaix with him. One of those dudes is going to win, I guess. You know, it's like, it, it, well, so it's, it's a weird, it's a weird watch. And then you watch and you're like, hey, look, there's, there's G. Check yeah. it out. What was he doing there? <laughs> <laughs> well, you as know? has been pointed out. And Wiggins, yeah. Th- there's a chapter about that in his book, according <laughs> yeah. to G, which I will be reading live. <laughs> on our very own Zoom channel. Yeah, um, yeah Paris Bay, super bummed we're not there. Um, I do want to give a shout out, guys, to friend of the podcast, um, extraordinaire, and our Paris Bay correspondent and tour guide for when we get out there, Ruby mm-hmm. Bay, who um, I was speaking with earlier today, uh, actually, unfortunately, came down with uh, coronavirus. He's fighting through it. He's oh, a man. healthcare no, worker. Okay. He's a doctor in uh, the UK and he's fighting through. So thanks for what he's doing, but um, we'll get yeah. out there in no time. Like he said, this is like the worst thing. Cause we should all be yelling at our TVs on a Sunday in uh, Northern France, but yeah, very unfortunate, but let's do a little Definitely. bit of a pivot during this time, guys. I do want to point out, I've been riding my bike with my son quite a bit and look in the cargo bike, little guy. I hope that uh, when the snow subsides in Minnesota, you're going to be able to do that. We'll be and back at it. It's great seeing all of the new cyclists on the road. Maybe some of them will eventually become listeners of the Slow Ride podcast. I am seeing hundreds of new cyclists out there. Most of them are clearly recreational cyclists, just judging by the bikes that they have, which is fantastic to see. I have some beefs. Um, beef number one. <laughs> uh, you got to get off the sidewalk. Um, because people are out there, they're walking, they're pedestrians. Do your best other cyclists that are more enthusiasts. Talk to your friends that are just getting back out onto the road because or getting out, riding your bike. We got to leave the area for pedestrians. So that's, that's beef one. Beef two is why the hell can't there's only one city that I've seen so far really take a stand here. And that's Oakland, California, that we are seeing a reduction in car traffic because less people are driving to work and all around. Mm-hmm. Oakland is on the forefront here in America because you're still allowed to ride your bike. I know other countries, they have shut down the ability to ride bikes, which is, uh, you know, de- depressing as is. But Oakland is shutting down roadways to cars in that they have now made cars or sorry, streets explicitly for cyclists and pedestrians in an open street situation. Hmm, nice. Guys, I can't think of a better time than now to actively remove car lanes Oh, yeah. And put in the bike lanes that we so readily need because there are hundreds of people on the sidewalks here of Orlando riding their bikes and there's only one or two cars on the road and the cars are able to hold us hostage mm-hmm. by the space that they're allotted versus what we need. I don't know if this is a call to arms. I just think that we need to start doing more as listeners of the pod. I don't, I don't care. Write letters to your elected leaders because... We need to get people out there on the roads. I've seen pictures of what it looks like around the lakes in Minneapolis right now. Yeah, and it's like crazy. playing yeah. Frogger, just walking yeah. for the amount of people that are on these bike paths. Like, why aren't they shutting down the parkways completely? Oh, boy, Tim, shutting down the parkway in Minneapolis is, uh, there's a, there's it's, a lot of signs up already about the, uh, imminent threat to our historic roadways. Um, it's, it's so depressing. No, I, to see. I totally agree. We've we've so I've been writing with with Tambun Tambun, and we've been avoiding the paths. Like we'd usually, yeah. 
often cruise down and ride like the path along the creek here. We're not doing it because there's so many people. Like, but on the plus side, there's less cars on the road, so we we basically can just ride that's, wherever. That's what I don't get. But you're right. You're totally right. They should they they should be doing that, especially because I, I don't know if this is true in other places, but Minnesota uh, traffic deaths are totally up since uh, we've had the stay at home order because you know. A bunch of boy racers are out there oh, driving yeah. like idiots, just... basically, on open streets. I can hear it from my house. Like I can hear the on nice nights, the like constant uh, motorcycle racing down a park in Portland near my house. So it's now, unfortunate, it's... but true. They're empty, but then there's there's people going way too fast. And I mean, this is. Illnesses. I will say, like, I know we've got worldwide listeners that you know. Again, a lot of countries, you're not even allowed to go out and ride your bike, except if it's like a two hour. Exercise session, you've got to be close to your house. Um, so this is, I just think that this is the one opportunity that I've ever seen in my lifetime where there's so yep. many less cars on the road that we need to go out there and really, truly embrace this in a correct way. Spencer, you're in Boston, mm-hmm. um, which uh, from what I've seen in my experience in Boston, besides dodging duck bolt boats in downtown Boston, watching out for just everybody that thinks that they're running the Boston Marathon on the sidewalk. Mm. I mean, what's it like there? Are you able to ride your bike? Well, I'm sorry. Are other people able to ride their bike? Um, what are we seeing outside on the roads of Boston? I mean, it sounds pretty similar uh, to both you guys' setups where there are a lot of people with more time on their hands than they're used to and, uh, who are eager to get out even for a few minutes, uh, during the day. So yeah, the paths and the, um, you know, parkways and things are pretty much clogged with people, which is really kind of a bad situation. So I, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's a great time for municipalities who are, who have even been considering, uh, putting, putting their city streets on road diets to, take uh take this opportunity and and start narrowing the roads down and paint whether it's painting stripes to begin with or laying out uh concrete barriers you know like get us some like protected bike lanes all i'm saying is if it's a four-lane road put some cones down the outer side lanes so you can have a two-lane road there's plenty of space for a car oh yeah um in my day job as you guys know i do a lot of uh i, t- I talk to a lot of different bike shops around the country most of them are reporting record month of March for bike sales. And yeah. it all corresponded to when they were like shutting down the gyms. But most mm-hmm. of the bikes that are being sold are like the $1,000 and under, like a recreational bike, not really the enthusiast bike. And it's just what great time to like, we have so many more people dry- joining our tribe and our like community as cyclists that this could be the, you know, a oh, great yeah. turning point if we can make a welcoming spot to them. And we got to put pressure on these elected leaders. So, that's enough. That's that's Tim off his soapbox. No, very true, Timmy. But um, I like it. I like beef it. This this new section uh, or segment of the pod is is good. I hope uh, beef it makes a a return every couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so we've got a lot to talk about. We have twelve hundred dollars coming our way from the federal government that's just burning a hole in our wallet. I can't wait to spend that with you guys. Yeah. Um, but first, let's find out what's happening on the other side of the world. Let's uh, check in with Michael Matthews as he's dancing his way through the Zwift season. Um, so let's cut to Michael. <laughs> My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast.
All right, guys, here we are for another Preem Lap on the Slow Ride Podcast. It is with absolute pleasure that we once again thank returning sponsor Works and the Works Hydroshot Power Cleaner. I've used it a couple of times now. I have the cleanest bikes in the game in the area code 32806 <laughs> because I've been sitting at home cleaning bikes with the Hydroshot Power Cleaner. It's nothing like pulling the trigger and going to extra speed. Check it out. It's the right amount of power. power. So you don't blow out the bearings and you can have the cleanest spick and span bike and car yeah, and patio and furniture on your patio. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, it cleans it all. It's fantastic. It so you just go to yourcleanbike.com and you use the promo code GEARUP and you could save 15% on the whole family of works power tools, but especially the HydroShot power cleaner. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just used it for the first time to spray something other than a bike or just a random wall with a child, which is I cleaned my car with it. <laughs> I know we just bash cars, but I cleaned my car with it because it had a bunch of bird poop on it. And guess what? It still works. It can clean other things. Yeah. It's versatile. <laughs> it is versatile. And, uh, you know, being battery powered uh, and fully, I don't know, free from from whatever, it's it's super portable as well. You know, you get that bottle cap adapter and plug a bottle onto the bottom of it and you're good to go. You're, you could drive your car down the empty streets, little guy and shoot cyclists with it. If you wanted to, (laughs) just like a super soaker, get off the roads, nerds. Yeah. Yeah. It's roads for me and just me. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like Tim said, yourcleanbike.com. Use the code gear up at checkout to save yourself 15% off of the hydro shot. And all the HydroShot accessories and all the other awesome stuff we've got on there um, that works as uh, offered a discount for you guys because you listen to the show. Now, Wide Angle Podium Network is still running, pumping out the content from the whole family of shows. We got the new show, No Training Wheels, from our friend Rob Kelly. Um, as mentioned, the Rough Draft video show from Cyclocross mm-hmm. Radio over at CX Hairs on YouTube. Our good friends over at Bike Shop CX who not only have brought us the new Grimper, or in partnership with Grimper Brothers, the new Grimper Brothers coffee blend, viewer mail. Um, check it out. It's uh, go to www.wideanglepodium.com slash coffee, and you can find the link to buy it. It's a great coffee blend. Thanks to the folks over at uh, Grimper for that. But Bike Shop CX is also in the midst of their April Cross Challenge on Instagram. So hashtag April CX Challenge. It's some great stuff on there. I participated yeah. with an awesome one when I dressed up as a juggalo. God, horrifying. At a cyclocross race. <laughs> horrifying, Tim. Terrible. Little guy, you did today's entry uh, with a bunch yeah. of gears. So that means tomorrow Spencer's going to be busting into the archives to find yet another photo to participate in the cross challenge from Bike Shop CX. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, digging through that hashtag, there's a lot of gold in there. Yeah, lots yeah. of gold. But um, yeah, check it out. So with that, uh, let's get back to the show, boys. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, it is only natural that people come to the Slow Ride Podcast for financial advice. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we need to hit this up because, I mean, we've got like 30 emails from people 
about how should I spend the $1,200 we're going to get from the United States federal government as to deal with coronavirus. Now, while other countries are paying 80% of salaries for furloughed workers, no, only in America are we giving you a blank check for $1,200 to spend however you want. Now, rational, responsible people would probably put that to food, rent, probably prescription drug costs, other things that you need to spend money on, but not us here at the Slow Ride Podcast. We dug deep in the best ways to responsibly spend $1,200 from the federal government on your cycling habit. Or or irresponsibly spend $1,200 on your cycling Uh, habit. I mean, I think, you know, although Americans might be the only ones getting this $1,200, Tim, I feel like it should be helpful to a lot of our European uh, and Australian listeners as, you know, they don't have all the expenses, like the healthcare expenses that we have and and things like that. So they should just have kind of more disposable income on hand. And if they want to just, you know, pull 1200 out of their savings and and kind of make believe that they, this money just magically showed up, uh, they can play along at home as well. Absolutely. So they, (laughs) they should. So I like that idea, Spencer. So that is why I have just emailed you guys, my two entries into the ways Tim is going to spend the $1,200. Now, granted, since I'm a married couple, I'd actually get my wife's $1,200. And then the first kid, Haimar, <laughs> oh, I would get another $500. <laughs> so I have $2,900 to spend, but I'm going to let my wife make her own irresponsible decisions on how to spend this money. I have oh, a $1,200 budget. I have now emailed you guys two Tim, options. you're so woke. I didn't so, know. So the um, first option... Okay. Do you want to tell the first option? You want one of me or Spencer to? I would like you to you? open up the first option, little guy. Option okay. one is little guy. I'm op- uh, all right. So Tim sent me a link for a 1996 Pontiac Transport. Uh, so it's the it's the van. It's the Dustbuster van. If anyone has seen yeah, it, it's um, the Dustbuster minivan. Pontiac this is, made. Yep. Now this key transport. is Pontiac here. Yeah, um, I've heard many stories of dubious build quality on these, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, this one looks super clean. I gotta say, um, it's in Oregon, I think. So. And it's for fifteen hundred dollars. Do you guys think I could get them to come down three hundred bucks? I think so. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, you can get them to come down more than that. Um, this one's one hundred sixty-two thousand miles. Not bad. V six. Uh, cloth upholstery that surprisingly doesn't look too child stained. And what um, do you what do you think, little uh, Spencer? What what do you got on this? Oh, you can definitely talk this guy down. He doesn't he, he doesn't even have rare in the title. He doesn't uh, say it's perfect for college kids. A um, lot of red flags here that uh, this guy does not know what he's doing as far as uh, selling. Cars. Well, you know what my favorite thing is is the online thing says it's fourteen ninety nine, and then the picture of it in the lot they wrote fourteen eighty eight on it. <laughs> So, so you you get a hundred dollar discount if you walk in the door or something. Basically, now, I don't know. Now, little guy, you've done a really good job of already selling this for me, just talking through the entire thing rather than asking me why I wanted this. Uh, oh, I understand Pontiac why. They're amazing um, looking. The first thing is it looks great. Second is I figure that if we need a team car, I need a car that's going to be able to get me through from point A to point B. Gas is super cheap. This thing gets like eighteen miles a gallon. But then I was thinking (laughs) as I came up with this, I was like, oh, I have a minivan for my three boys to pile into. This is how we're going to get to Kansas. We could put like a a rack on the back. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wait, 
no bike racing is going to happen for the next yeah. year and a half minimum. So what? Like that would be totally irresponsible for me to spend money mm-hmm. on a Pontiac minivan. So like totally agreed. So Spencer, yeah. I then came up with option two. Well, option one here, one last thought. Also very good because after you spend your $1,200 on it, you will need somewhere to sleep for at least a week. <laughs> the very true. Oh, yeah, at least. And we could probably find a way to remove some of those seats. Um, From the pictures, it looks like they've already done that for you. You might be getting <laughs> ripped off on some of the seats. <laughs> All right. Option two, uh, Tim, I've just opened this link, and um, it's taken me to the Saris website, uh, and I'm looking at an MP1 Infinity Trainer platform priced competitively at eleven ninety nine ninety nine. That's right. What is this? This thing is exactly twelve hundred dollars, Spencer. Yeah, mm-hmm. to the penny. To the penny. They know their market. Do you know what this is, Spencer? Do you do you think this was eight ninety nine ninety nine a couple weeks ago and they were like, oh boy, everybody's getting twelve hundred dollars so, checks? So, little yeah. guy, have you heard of the MP One Infinity Trainer platform from Saris? Uh, I didn't know what this thing was called. I had seen, so I've been obviously looking at all the pros trainer setups on, on the gram lately. And, um, so I've seen these things. I just didn't know what the heck they were called. This thing is amazing. This is a good way to spend $1,200 to this. This is essentially a surfboard for your trainer. (laughs) Have you been on one Spencer? Uh, no, (laughs) I have. I I was on one at Cabda. Yeah. I jumped on. Now, there's a couple of things that they do on the so to describe it to our listeners that don't have the internet and know what this thing is. It's basically a giant piece of wood that kind of floats and you attach your trainer on it and for $1200 you think you would maybe get a trainer? No, no. you don't. No. You just get the platform which I'm assuming yeah. when this thing gets shipped to you that this is definitely weighs more than 75 pounds. So you're going to be getting the like oversized shipment charge too from UPS with the black uh-huh. and yellow tape. And our good friend of the podcast, John Senum is going to have to load this onto the truck with two other people in the team lift. Cause this thing's heavy. <laughs> You're not getting this into your house without a neighbor. So make sure they're wearing a mask during coronavirus because this thing is heavy. It's a beast. Some of the sales things that they talk about on here is that they have grip tape on this thing. So you don't slip and fall off when you're on your probably speed play pedals because you can't walk anywhere with speed plays anyway. Yep. Um, so you attach your trainer on this little guy. Yeah. And then yeah. it, it kind of floats like you move, yeah. but it doesn't really turn. It's kind of like, so when you get out of the saddle to... You can kind of wiggle and woggle. I don't get it. Now, if, if Saris wants to send me one to convince yeah. me I'm wrong, please, Saris, you know how to get a hold of me, the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. I know that this has won an innovative award. It's it's, it's the Fiat's Innovative Award 2020. I mean, it makes sense that this would get an award because it is innovative. Nobody has ever thought of this idea before. <laughs> now, there might be a reason for that, but nobody has done it. 
Uh, I mean, I will say I'm sure it's more fun than riding my trainer that only moves because the floor is not completely flat in my basement. And so no matter what <laughs> I do, I always get a little bit of shimmy if I move out of the saddle or I'm at an angle. So, um, so I can see, but that is a steep price. I got to say. Pr- so but people spend a lot of money, man, to, to ride their bikes it, and not move. It kind of floats, but it didn't simulate riding a bike outside for me the way that well, like, no. like, I still think like a, a, a power trainer. Guys, I don't know if you've ever, Spencer, I think you have one that like automatically adjusts. Um, so like if you're on Zwift and you're going up a hill, it gets harder. Oh, like okay. I feel yeah. that's kind of revolutionary enough that you're like, eh, that's kind of like riding outside. But you could have that with this. If you sure. took Sarah's check, you could have them both. That, that, that could be true. Look, I'm, I think you need to get one of these for your wind trainer because that would just be hilarious that you have a $1,200 platform <laughs> with a $60 trainer that you bought at the swap I, for $10. I don't, I don't <laughs> have the wind trainer anymore. I, but, I've moved up to the magnet technology or whatever. One of the product features on here, and this is the last thing I want to get across because I know people think I'm slamming them on this. This isn't even an advertisement. I've never talked to these people. Is that They say it's eye-catching. And it's a mix of steel, aluminum, and birch-compliant most training spaces. So this could look complement most training spaces. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't know what looks better, this or a Peloton bike in the middle of your loft in midtown Manhattan. But this would definitely be a conversation piece. Mm-hmm. So those, that's how I'm going to spend $1,200. What do you guys think? Should I get the van or should I get this trainer platform? Um, man, I don't know. <laughs> I'd get the van, I guess. Well, don't get the van. The van's gonna break. The van's gonna cost you way more than twelve hundred dollars in the long run, man. But you this can thing get at a least car. Will just cost you twelve hundred dollars. That's it. It's over. It's twelve hundred dollars. Twelve hundred seems like a lot for this. No. No, I agree. It is a lot considering it's not an entire automobile that could hypothetically <laughs> you, drive you across the country. Tim, could you buy the van and then uh, take out? maybe one of the seat cushions or something and put it underneath a piece of plywood <laughs> and then set your trainer on top of that. This may do that. I kind of like it. Depending idea. upon how, I mean, blown the shocks and struts are on that van. It might, there you go. it might work to just ride it, ride your bike in the van and just sort of, it'll tip back and forth. <laughs> That'll be perfect. I'm sure those shocks are blown. Right. Yeah. Spencer. Yeah. Well, how are you going to spend your $1,200 from the old, uh, uncle Sam? So I came up with uh, two really good options too, and I cannot decide which is the better one. So I'm going to need you guys to help me out here on this. Um, The first thing that came to mind, obviously, like number one, jump to the forefront. If I have any extra money at all, well, I need to put a down payment on uh, Lance's Mallorca training camp. (laughs) Yeah. Now, it's a no-brainer. This does blow the budget at $30,000, but <laughs> I figured just this is the down payment, the initial installment to, just to you show know, reserve serious. my spot. Yeah. Just side the check over to it. Yeah. I'll just forward that check straight on. I'll just sign the back, pay it to the order of Lance, uh, send it along, and uh, I should be good to go with a reserved spot. Now, that... Um, it's you know at first thought that was a slam dunk for me um you know there were no other options until i realized george hincapi is still on cameo and i could get 600 <laughs> custom messages oh man 
from George and Gappy um, to myself, to you guys, to all of our listeners, um, to pretty much everybody I know. This is a good um, idea. This is a good idea. <laughs> this could be the never-ending wedding gift for people. Yeah. yeah. So at 50 bucks a pop, George is a little pricey, but I think 600 is probably more than I could fill uh, regardless. So what do you think he would be doing like when he gets like the 450th message? Just like start reading a page from the dictionary? <laughs> just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's going to well, be a daily. Hey, Spencer, gonna... what's up again? Hey. Um, <laughs> Can you space him out so... over a day like he's your friend? I like this idea. <laughs> this little guy. Yeah. Like, Hey, good luck at the grocery store today, Spencer. I really hope they have um, they have everything you want. Yeah. And I know you were pretty bummed there out of cherry tomatoes last time. So, man, I'm 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 pulling for you, bro. Catch mm-hmm. you tomorrow. <laughs> Spencer, how'd the cherry tomatoes go? I hope it's going good. I hope they had your favorite coffee blended stock. Um, I guess I'll talk to you later. It turns out you just sent me more money. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this could be like a, a, a you know a diary to myself uh, you, daily for the a- next. 600 days. That's two years, guys. (laughs) This is a a really good idea. Spencer, do you pay up front for 600 or do you just pay every day 50 bucks? I think 50 bucks a day. I think that's a better way to do it. Does he eventually raise his price? He's like, oh, I got this guy on the hook. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I don't know. It's a chance you take, I guess. Yeah, I'll I'll prepay for them and just uh, cash them them in one at a time. Yeah. Spencer, I think I like this idea. This is a really good idea. This is better than a Pontiac transport for sure. I don't know if it's better than a trainer that apparently isn't a trainer. It's a platform. But is there a way to spend twelve hundred? Like, how far would twelve hundred dollars get us at George Hincapie's resort and restaurant? Because oh, two nights. Could you like have him give a message about like, hey George, what can we expect? And then that gets built into the thing and be like, Hey, you know, and you see him Are there you, at the restaurant, he's sitting at the bar and you're eating food. Can you be like, Hey George, you know, like, do I have to pay you to come? You know? Okay. So hang us? on. I can't tell if you are turning this, my $1,200 into a marketing platform for George, like to, to, uh, uh, you know, talk about his, his hotel and everything. Or if you've just set up the greatest gaslight ever where for, 599 days straight, I have him reading me messages until the last one, number 600, where it just says, George, turn around. <laughs> and he's at his hotel and he turns around and there I am. I've been there the whole time. Oh, that'd be good. Oh, I love it. Oh, Spencer, <laughs> great ideas. Um, little guy, what kind of random uh, Spanish bike component are we going <laughs> to be purchasing with the $1,200 from the federal government? I didn't even thought about anything Spanish to put on this. That's a good way to go. I'm obviously going to take this money and go and build myself the lightest bike humanly possible. But first, I want to start. One, I'm going to buy a road bike because obviously if you got money that you don't need, you're going to buy a bike you don't need. Yeah, road bike. (laughs) Road bike. (laughs) But one bike I've always kind of wanted, and I think we talked about this once before on the podcast, is going to be a super, super classic someday. It's Cannondale 613. Free my Cannondale. Uh That was an awesome bike. That's an all-time Awesome bike. And I really want, and I was looking around, I can't find one in my size that's the black and 
and uh, chrome. So you can see where the aluminum bonds into the carbon. So I would obviously <laughs> buy a weird alumin- half aluminum, half carbon frame that will explode and cost uh-huh. way too much money. They are still really expensive. Um, they're like eight, nine hundred bucks. So you got three hundred dollars so left to spend. So I got three hundred dollars left to spend. Obviously, then I am searching on eBay uh, between a few companies: uh, uh, Extra Light, Tune. I'm going with all the weird square taper titanium uh, crank arms yeah. I can find, and I will find one for three hundred dollars, and that will go on there. And then I will slowly, through the years and through the continued stimulus checks. For the next few uh-huh. years, as we stay at home and yeah. never leave our houses again, I will put all the tie on this bike. Okay, I bet, I bet you could get a nice lightweight set of aerospoke wheels for that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the 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 now. Look, so the I, thing about these. Now hang on. It's not, you said before. You said the lightest thing possible, no, no, and those now are all not of a sudden, lightest. you seem like you're backpedaling a little. No, bit. No, I don't want to do that. I I want I want. <laughs> um, I remember I used to have those bladed titanium spoked oh, wheels. Yeah. I would Zip go somethings. with something in that vein, you know. <laughs> I tie dye tie dye obviously like I had. Is this? Can we just stop real quick and just get back to the fact that. Is this collectively the 613? The three of is this our favorite bike amongst all of us? Like from when we kind of were getting into like dumb road bikes that actually were really good and ahead of their time. And this bike was amazing. It was too light. Yeah. It was banned by the UCI, basically. Well, and like I was gonna say, at the time, like the you know, when it was done up and it had those super chunky SRM Cannondale cranks on it, and then it was all campy record. Otherwise, um, carbon record, it's just, it's so perfect. Like just that way. But the marketing scheme behind it too, like where they're like, oh, we're gluing fish weights on the top tube, like to make it. And you're like, oh my God, this thing's amazing. Oh, so good. So little guy, we have the lightest bike possible. Um, Mm -hmm. anything else that that you've got uh, left? Well, dig it around. No, I mean, that's going to be all my money, man. Unfortunately, I can't Uh, believe how expensive (laughs) those frames still are. You're going to have to. Wait a little bit. They they are no. I am surprised they're expensive. I so was, I think it was like last year, year before. I saw somebody riding one locally, and it kind of reignited my my love for them. So we got um couple of emails that I want to hit to before we hit up uh, the final installment of Pedal Off Dead. Uh, we got a hashtag Ride from Ad Carl. He says, "Hey, watch the movie star documentary now. Spanish cycling, Perito Rodriguez." For first or second ballot Hall of Fame. And that, of course, would be Joaquim Rodriguez, who won Mm -hmm. nine stages of the Vuelta, two-time winner of Lombardia, won the Flesh Wallone, three stages of the Tour, and a couple of other races, including uh, Catalonia and some other Spanish classics. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. He should have been in. We messed up. Uh, You think so? First, First ballot? He should have been first ballot. How many times was he on the podium or top ten in the Grand Tour? We don't. We don't obviously have, um, you know, the 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 I, I data broken out. I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to look zero. He's, he did the tour five times. I, yeah. He's certainly he got better. Seventh. He got seventh in his last year. Okay. 
He's certainly Texas. better than, uh, than Garzelli. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is the slippery slope, yeah, Spencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, he whoa, got whoa, second whoa, in the whoa, Vuelta whoa. in 2015. <laughs> okay, my yeah. apologies. He had a he had a great run at Worlds um, uh, that year. I, I am blanking on who won, um, but uh, <laughs> Rui Costa. Yeah, yes, that was the year when yeah. I, I thought I thought Rodriguez had that one in the bag, and I'm so did not he. actually. I'm still not sure how Costa won. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he isn't so, either. But little guy, Sam, um, I can't believe you're slagging him. He got a sixth at the Volta, seventh at the Volta, sixth at the Tour, third at the Volta. Fourth at the Giro, second at the Giro, he was third the, at the Volta, third at the Tour, fourth at the Volta. Come on, man! Like he I was on the stopped. podium at the Tour. He was at the podium at the Tour in twenty and the Volta thirteen and the Giro. I, okay, he's, first off, the Volta is not the Tour. So just get that out of your mind. Like right, as whoa, much whoa, as whoa. I love the Volta, it's fantastic. Okay. I love the race. It is not the Tour. So do, like, don't even go there. It's not um, any guy, easier. It's not like the Volta. <laughs> it's not the like, Tour, little guy. The Tour. Who cares? The Tour's stupid. The tour matters a little bit more. I'm sorry, little guy, that I uh, uh, brought up Garzelli as a bad pick because I am now reminded that Tim brought Zubeldia to the <laughs> yeah. first round. Zubeldia. No, and here we are just, looking at Purito. It's the name of my kid, all right? The least I can do is nominate him. I wasn't going to vote for him when it came down to it. It's an <laughs> anonymous ballot. I'm saying Rodriguez, after looking at this, his third place at the tour carries a fair amount of weight, and he won a monument twice. So yes, I am now going to vote for him on first ballot in there. All right, I don't. I think yes, he and he podiumed at several other Grand Tours, which is very important. It's not a podium at the Tour de France. (laughs) I I can't believe you're putting so much weight over the yeah the Tour. I don't know. He also led Valverde out for three years or four years when he when he rode for Castespan or whatever the heck. He's basically Valverde's like worker. I know. He was on Casa de Aparnia. It was a great kit. I love it. (laughs) Stoked. Vote for him. Thanks for the the mention uh, there, uh, Carl. All right. A couple of emails. Uh, First off, Marcus Dean, friend of the pod. Hey, guys. Thanks for keeping the episodes coming despite the lack of racing. I really enjoyed Pedal Off Dead. Final episode coming soon. And your coverage of the Be Cool Tour of Flanders Lockdown Edition. However... I feel you guys missed a chance to take the lead in guiding the cycling community through these tumultuous times in the creation of a new lexicon regarding e-racing. Your boy, Bling Matthews, suffered a, wait for it, mechanical. It's a race-ending problem pertaining to an internet connectivity problem. So good. Keep up the good work, Marcus Dean. What do you guys think? Mechanical? So good? So good. It works, yeah. I think it's pretty good. It just absolutely has to be canon in the uh, Slow Ride podcast world, yes. In the canon. Thank you, Marcus, for the great email. I'm with you, Spencer. This is definitely one that we will be carrying on for uh, years to come. And uh, since we're probably going to be dealing with this a lot, I'm pretty sure Blowing Matthews is going to be dealing with it a lot as well. Uh, Two more emails. Dan Walker hits us up. Hey, guys, longtime fan of the pod, hoping for some professional advice. Well, you came to the right people. Mm -hmm. Going into the depressing Long Island offseason and trying to figure out how to stay moderately in shape. I am toying with the idea of scooping up a smart turbo trainer or a mountain bike. I use rollers now, but sure but not sure if that will suffice anymore. I know there are plenty of angles to take on this argument, but trying to see what some vets here have to say about allocating limited financials. Thanks, guys. Dan. 
first off, we solved your problem. You have twelve hundred dollars coming from the federal government, Dan. <laughs> you can get both uh-huh. things. So, <laughs> or if you're going to be responsible, what do you say, little guy? Should he get a trainer or a mountain bike? Oh, uh, get a mountain bike. Come on. Really? Yeah. Really? Why would you get a trainer? <sighs> well, have you done Zwift, little guy? It's just so much fun. You're out there. <laughs> the, I I would say you definitely got to get a mountain bike. Um, I yeah, twelve hundred bucks. Twelve hundred bucks. You can get some pretty good things. Um, Dan, we will do our job. We will look um, in the next week or so. Twelve hundred dollar budget for some maybe some eBay say, finds. I gotta say though, much like your sidewalks in Orlando being clogged with noobs on bikes, which is great and encouraged. Oh, mountain bike trails. The trails currently are also clogged. Uh, with with newfound fitness people, it's like January first in the gym, all all over our trail systems. Very good point. Um, and I, under any other circumstance, I think slam dunk by the mountain bike, but I could be convinced that getting the trainer is a better idea right now because you'll probably, especially if you can afford that Zwift uh, account, you'll probably get more social. Um, you know, fun out of it, hang out with your boys and do, you know, group rides virtually and all that. That is a very good point, Spencer. I, I, anytime you can get an extra bike in your garage, I'm like, Oh, go with the bike. Um, but I, the trails are insane right now and you see people out there riding and, and like all the science is coming back, like six, six feet apart is not enough when someone's heavy breathing on a mountain bike. And, yeah. you know, especially some of the noobs out there, you might want to stay far away. So, yeah, a trainer could go pretty well. Now, don't get a, um, you know, a $10 swap trainer. Um, you want to no. you want to invest for a pretty good one, but um, a power trainer. But, yeah. So we didn't solve your problem. No. <laughs> so, made it worse. The next email, the final email of the week. Um, this one comes to us from, uh, let's just say this one comes to us from a PR agent. Um, oh, okay. And it says, PR, Tom Danielson's cycling on form reveals a pro approach to training. Let me give you guys the lead. The new training okay. guide by Tom and Courtney Danielson called Cycling on Form combines the best of pro cycling experiences with years of coaching insight. Former elite professional cyclist Tom Danielson combines his pro bike <laughs> racing experience with years of hand-on coaching. Gentlemen. Uh-huh. I don't know I if this was an accident that this was emailed to us. <laughs> I think so. But I can tell you what, Spencer, you had a wonderful uh, idea in the podcast green room when we reviewed this. I don't even think we need the book to review this book, right? No, certainly not. Okay, so Tom Danielson's got a new book coming out. Yeah. Um, he, he's got like a four-pillar whole athlete approach on training. It's called Fitness, Mental Focus, Execution, and Nutrition. Um. Which one of those is the uh, <laughs> the doping twice? Yeah, um, do you think that's fitness or nutrition? Well, I'm pretty sure mental focus is when you're the next Lance Armstrong. Um, okay, <laughs> I don't, are you guys going to be reading this book? What's What's the pitch here, though? Like, I I heard what you read, but I'm I'm feeling like a they left uh, an important detail out of that uh, couple paragraphs there, but also Tom Danielson. Two-time uh, uh, yellow jersey at the Tour of Utah, uh, you know, winner well, of the Tour of Georgia. So 
here you go. It uh, says, Tom Danielson raced at the top tier of pro cycling, taking stage wins in the Tour de France and Volta España, as well as an eighth place overall finish in the Tour. Yeah, 2011. Does that is that still count, or was it taken away from him? I don't know. That's, yeah, a, good that's a good question. I think his Volta got taken away from him because he would have listed that because I think he got seventh, didn't he? So maybe he gets uh, to keep that. Um, all right, I'll look it up. I'm just a little shocked that they they decided to, to bring this trash of a book to us. I'm sorry. I'm Tom Danielson. Come on, man. I mean, that guy, he wasn't very interesting as a bike racer, uh, as an interview or anything else. So I can't imagine this book is a very fun read. Um, I could be wrong. I don't have a copy <laughs> of it, obviously, but I feel like if you want to read a book about paint drying, this could be a good one. You know, like maybe if you Don't need to, if you're I've having trouble s- sleeping, this could be a great book. I've read some great books by convic- convicted dopers yeah. in cycling. I don't think he's spilling the beans. Yeah. Including my favorite cycling book of all time, Tyler Hamilton's uh, book. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fantastic read. And after yeah. reading that, I'm like, you know what? I really like Tyler. I don't know if this Tom Danielson book is really going to just swing me the other way. Well, you got to give it a shot, Timmy. Um, according to Pro Cycling Stats, he still has all his Grand Tour accomplishments. Well, good for him. Uh, now, guys, tour whatever. Now, I don't want to discredit um, that he wrote this with uh, Kristen Danielson. I don't know, or Courtney Danielson. Sorry, I don't know anything about her. I'm sure she's a fantastic person. But getting back to Tom, um, just knowing what you know now, guys, how many uh-huh. pages do you think this book is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a tough 315, one. including yeah. the glossary. And let me put it yeah. in reference. According to G, uh, the classic uh-huh. Garrett Thomas autobiography, is 200 pages. Okay. Well, some of that story is yet to be written. Yeah. There's a whole that's appendix true. that's going to be added. Uh, um, I'm going to say the Tom Danielson book is... 160 pages, and that includes several diagrams and charts. Well, Spencer, I would absolutely love to read the 170-page version of this (laughs) 272-page book. (laughs) That's pretty close. Oh, Price is right rules, little guy. Closest without going over. Oh, well, (laughs) fantastic stuff. So, oh, well, you know what, guys? I already emailed the person and said, send it to Spencer Howe and, <laughs> and Matt Allen in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Enjoy nice. the book. They'll love to review Great. it on the air. And guys, we have plenty of more emails that we will be getting to in the near future, but we must find out what's happening in the wonderful world of Pedal Off Dead for the final installment. So take a listen and yeah. find out now. <laughs> Welcome to part three of Pedal Off Dead. Oh my god. Oh, well, Welgo, is that you, old buddy? Oh, Welgo, can't believe he got to you. Well, Welgo, stay with me, buddy. I need you. I need an affordable Shimano SPD alternative for the budget-conscious shopper. Who did this to you? Uh, maybe you could look into Exustar. Onza, this is not the time for jokes. Cleet, get a rebuild kit over here. Stat. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, I, I can't find one. I can't find one. All I see is Crank Brothers. Uh, oh, all I see is Crank Brothers. Damn it! Wellgo, who did this to you? 
you're, you're coughing up so much grease. I can't, I can't understand you. Uh, on, 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 Anza. What? I must have heard. He's my, he's my partner. Well go, well go, well go. He's no, gone. no, no, no. Wasn't me. He's just a weak knockoff. Who are you gonna believe, him or me? I've, I've known Welgo for years. Spec'd him on all my budget used mountain bike builds. Never turned himself in anger. I'm gonna believe him. Well, maybe I did. Maybe I did. Why? You, you were so close to a full vintage parts pension. I'm sick of people not pushing me around and around and around and around and around. I, I get it, Anza. It's all about you. You had promise once, but you were never cut out for the long haul and you knew it. But taking it out on better pedals is sick. I'm going to have to take you downtown and recycle you. No way, LBS. Cleet, grab him before he makes a stroke for it. Hey, what's that, boss? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading this bell on me. Damn it, Cleet. Anza, I'll get you. Oh, sorry, boss. I just, I get distracted. It's okay, Cleet. Where could he be going now? Hmm, I don't know. I hope it's not the big weeknight mountain bike race down at Huck Bill. There'll be so many pedals there. He wouldn't do that, would he? Well, he can't take the chance, Cleet. We've got to get down there and catch him before he hurts any more pedals. Okay, boss. Just let me update the Facebook and Twitter that we are closing early and... Where's that gone riding sign? Onza! He thought of everything, didn't he? Quick, hand me some paper and markers. Fifteen minutes later, LBS was a graphic design major in college. Boss, it looks good. We, we really gotta get going. The race is gonna start soon. Okay, okay. I just, I just want to get it right. Uh, let's take the tandem. Ooh, okay. But I'm the captain. Hey, this is great, boss. We're really moving. Hey, you want to enter the Dirty Kanza on one of these with me? No can do, Cleet. I'm already signed up with some yokel from a podcast. Plus, I think it's going to get canceled this year. Uh, didn't the Slow Red podcast break the news that it was going to be postponed until September 13th this year? Those bozos? Come on, I wouldn't trust them. They, they didn't even vote Casa Grande into the Hall of Fame for his ballot. Pretty sure other news sources confirm the story, boss, and probably a bunch of super cool and fast guys. Hashtag Klein Corner. Ah, so many bikes. He could be anywhere. He'd stand out like a sore thumb on most of these modern machines. I got a hunch I know where he's headed. What time's the sport race start? (gasps) One minute, boss. Let's roll. Okay, you race for 30 minutes. Uh, please announce yourself when passing, and let's all share the trail out there with the kids' 5-9 to nine race. All right, rides ready. Let's go over to the big uh, two-minute climb. Sport leader! Sport leader coming through! There he is, Cleet, on the Barracuda, just as I thought. Let's, head, let's hide over here. Is that you lying low in the weeds, LBS? I bet you're gonna ambush me. You're gonna think you find me down, down, down on my knees. Now, wouldn't you? Barracuda, unattached sport leader. Oh! Well, 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 Anza. Having a little problem with this tech session, are we? 
I'm sure you meant to release that shoe right before that rock garden. You give Clipless a bad name. Cleet, recycle him. Get this sport leader 15% off coupon to some SPDs. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those damn 20-year-old elastomers. That's what all the criminals from the 90s say. You may have stopped me, LBS, but you can't stop all of us. Uh, hello? What's that, Chief? You want us downtown ASAP? All the pedals broke out of the Speedplay Pedal Museum? Okay. Here we go again. Guys, that was the best ending of all time. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Little guy, fantastic oh, work. Um, all-timer. All-timer. I, I, didn't, I did not see that plot twist coming. I got to tell you, because I couldn't follow the plot at all. (laughs) I got a little confused in episode two, but um, episode three really tied it all together. (laughs) With a boa. And, you know, what's most impressive is that you did it without, like, incorporating Ewoks or any other kind of fluff uh, to really get the critics uh, talking. Not a single Ewok. Look, I think you have a future. I'm excited for what the next... uh, Is is this going to be a recurring series? Do, Do we create a world here? Like, what's... What's the I think thing? We, I mean, I'd like to think we've uh, we've created a world. Yeah, do we have more anamorphic anamorph- yeah. characters. Like we've done pedals now. Like what's next? Uh, yeah, do frames. We, do we explore handlebars and saddles and different? Uh, things? I'll have to do some research, but uh, you know, I'll come up with something. Don't worry. Right. Somebody's up to something. Well, with that, that's, that's all I'm going to say. This is Tim, two years stroke free in Orlando, Florida. I'd like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network, and. Would love to thank the folks over at Works for the HydroShot Power Cleaner. Go to yourcleanbike.com and use the promo code GEARUP to save 15%. And check out the great coffee from our friends at Grimper Brothers, including the new Viewer Mail blend by going to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. This is Matt in Minneapolis, uh, recovering from a wicked leg cramp I just got during that last segment. and this is spencer in boston i will uh include all attachments uh to the zoom file that gets emailed to you after this meeting has concluded uh thank you for your participation today and remember to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road (laughs) or the trainer the slow ride podcast bikes advice and rumors straight from the source theslowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod.